0: We are really honored that you decided to spend just a part of your Christmas with us. We hope so far that that's been a good experience, and we hope that the rest of it will be as well. Let me read a few verses that help us understand Christmas. If you have a Bible or use your phone or your iPad, you can follow along. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter one, beginning at verse 18. We're not going to look at a lot of verses. We're only going to look at one verse. In fact, one word from one verse, because I know your minds are elsewhere. But just to give you a little bit of the context, let me read a few verses beginning in verse 18 of Matthew 1. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place because of what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And it's that last phrase there that I wanna talk to you about. Emmanuel, God with us. One word, explanation of the that doesn't mean it's gonna be super short. It just means we've got some explaining to do. Did you notice that in the video that we showed right before I came up here, Christmas is about with, isn't it? It's about being with family, and with friends, and with coworkers and with Santa, and with a snowman, and with reindeer. It's about being with people. My grandsons are up here in the front row, and my youngest grandson, Carter, he doesn't take a pacifier, which I can't quite understand, but he loves to be with people. Mommy, Daddy, Mimi, even me. He likes to be held, because he knows already we were kind of built to be with not built to be apart from. I know you may find it hard to believe, but I like being with people, too. Uh, not all of you, but I like being with many of you. But there's a little bit of a problem. My office is kind of out of the flow of people. And that means that several times each day, I need to come up with reasons to get out of my office and go find people so I can be with them. Amy's usually at the front desk, and. She's good to talk to for a while, especially after conversations about Ocean City. And then you have Denise and Kathy, and they're always good for a few laughs. And you can talk to Eric about any Philly sports team or his fantasy teams. Or you can talk to Emery about one of his vacations that he's been on this past week. (laughs) But we're built to be with. And, you know, that actually is a very biblical concept. All the way back in the beginning of the Bible, all the way back in Genesis chapter 2, we're told it's not good for people to be alone. We were built to be with, to be with family and with spouses and with friends and with co-workers and with each other in church. And Christmas is a time of being with. But at the risk of disappointing you all, Christmas primarily isn't being with family and friends and co-workers and church people. The message of Christmas is God with us. That's that Emmanuel picture, remember? Emmanuel, God with us. And that really brings us to uh, our second word. We talk about the with word. Christmas is all about with, but it's not just being with people and friends and co-workers and animals. It's about being with God. Well, the second word that we'll look at, the first word in the phrase, God. God with us. Now, I know it's Christmas, and sometimes you're in church, and you may be told that that's kind of a radical concept, God with us, but that's really not that odd. If you're a reader of mythology, you know that a lot of the myths are about the gods being with people. Now, they come to earth, you know, Zeus and Ares and Nike, and they're not oh, shoe companies and stuff. They were originally gods, and they came to kind of be with people And when they were with people, they did all kinds of stuff with and to people that we really can't talk about in a service in church. But they were God's with. Well, why is Christmas so radical then? God with us. Because when Matthew talks about Emmanuel, God with us, he's not talking about gods. He's not talking about a member of the pantheon kind of coming down to hang out with us. Matthew's talking about the God of the Old Testament being with us. And that kind of changes things, doesn't it? What do we know about the God of the Old Testament? Well, we're told numerous times in the Bible that actually there's only one God. There aren't a whole host of gods. There's one God, and he's described as the God who created everything. If it's here, he made it and he continues to give life to everything that has it, that's the God of the Old Testament. And this God revealed himself to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David and the prophets, and part of that message was, I want the whole world to know about me and my love and my grace, and I'm gonna use you, all of you, to go out and tell people about that. Well, that's a pretty radical, oh yeah, one more thing about this, God. The Bible tells us over and over again that every one of us, you, the people next to you, me, every one of us, everybody we've ever read about, we're accountable to that God. And one day you kind of get a final exam of how well you did and how well you measured up, and all of a sudden that kind of changes everything, doesn't it? Well, the message of Christmas and the message of Matthew and the message of the Bible is it's that God, the God of the Old Testament, comes to be with us you know, if there really only is one God, like Matthew says and like the Bible says, that means all those other gods are really just figments of someone's imagination. Now, I know that that's not a real politically correct thing to say today, but as long as we're talking about the Bible, we have to say what the Bible says. All of those other gods are imagined gods. People kind of make them up, and the things that they do make them sound an awful lot like us, right? And so it kind of makes sense. We would make up gods that do that kind of stuff. But the message of the Bible is the God of the Old Testament, that creator God who loves us and wants to spend time with us, who's holy and to whom we're accountable, it's that God that comes to be with us. And my guess is some of you are sitting here thinking, yeah, right. How in the world can God, if there is a God and he did all that stuff, how can he come to be with us? Well, let me explain it like this. That makes perfect sense. Do you know the greater can become lesser, but the lesser can't become greater? right? The smarter can become dumber. I mean, somebody really, really smart could go into Jeopardy and pretend they don't know the answers, right? So a smart person could become, a strong person could become weak, but a weak person can't become strong. A 200-pound daddy can wrestle on the floor with his two-year-old son and not hurt him, and sometimes the little kid can win, Right? A grown man or grown men can spray deer urine on themselves. (laughs) Yes, ladies, that's what that is. And they can sneak into the woods and think like a deer as they're looking for the deer and trying to find out where they are. But the deer can't show up at the guy's job the next day, sit down at the computer, open the spreadsheet and crunch the numbers. The greater can become lesser, but the lesser can't become greater. A mommy, maybe some of you tomorrow, can get down on her hands and knees and talk puppy talk to a little puppy, but the puppy can't sit in front of the TV and watch the Flyers game or read the newspaper. The greater can become lesser, but the lesser can't become greater. The message of Christmas is the greatest, and God is greater than we can ever imagine to be. The greater became lesser so that he can be with us at Christmas. Well, that brings us to our last word. We kind of done with, we did that first, then we did God. Well, how about the us? Who's the us in the God with us? Well, you're reading Matthew's gospel, and some of you may be Bible readers, and so you think, oh, I know who the us is. The us would be the Jews because Matthew's real Jewish in the Bible. A lot of Jews running around the Bible. Well, yes and no. Maybe some of you are interested in America. And you say, the us would be Americans. Well, that really wasn't true back then either. And Well, maybe the us would be the good people. Well, it wouldn't take long to take a role with that group, right? Um, oh, the us would be the moral people. The us would be people to go to church, at least, you know, a couple days before Christmas. Hey, yeah, we're all in then, right? Yeah. But, you know, if you look around in Matthew a little bit, you discover that none of those that I just mentioned actually fit the us. In fact, right before the verses I read in Matthew chapter 1, right before that, Matthew gives us Jesus' genealogy. A whole bunch of his ancestors are kind of brought out. And you know what we discover in reading through the genealogy? Here are the kind of people in Jesus' genealogy. They're liars. They're cheaters. They're sinners. They're gossips. They slander. They're immoral. They're a mess. I'm not sure. You can read through that genealogy. Yeah, you can make it through. The, those names are a mess. If you read after the verses I read and just think about the people that Jesus called to follow him, They're a mess to who are they? Well, they're liars and they're cheaters and they're sinners and they're swindlers and they're gossip. They kind of like this group here this morning, right? Uh, We're kind of in good company. You see, the us, the Bible tells us, isn't the good because there aren't any of those running around. It's not the moral because most of us kind of fail that. And it's not those who go to church. The difference is Jesus comes for those who recognize their need and they come to him To find what they can't find in themselves. In fact, so far, we could do the God with us and say this, God is far greater than we can imagine, and we are far worse than we can imagine. Now, I I know it's Christmas. I'm not supposed to talk like that, but that is the message of Christmas. We are worse than we can imagine, but God's greater than we can imagine, and the message of Christmas is God is more loving than we could ever imagine, and Christmas is about God deciding Rather, to remain separate from us, to come and be with us. Yes, Emmanuel, God with us. In fact, that phrase or that word, Emmanuel, could be used to unpack the whole story of the Bible. All the way back in the beginning, God creates human beings. and he was with them. He'd show up every day to be with them. But one day he showed up, and they didn't want to be with him. They turned their backs and ran from him. And the rest of the Bible is God pursuing and God coming after and God's seeking to be with those that ran from him. And so if I could tease out just a couple of statements to help you understand Christmas and understand Emmanuel, God with us, here's what I would say. The message of Christmas, if you put all that together, is this. Anybody can come. God's willing to be with anybody. You may have written off that neighbor. Your neighbor may have written off you. You may look around here and say, oh, those people... God, the message of Christmas is God wants to be with everyone. But the second part of the Christmas story is this God with us. Anybody can come, but God with us. All who come must come through Emmanuel. All who come must come through Jesus. That's the message. And so the message of Christmas is really in one word God with us. Which God? The God of the Old Testament, the creator God, who revealed himself so we could know him, pursues us and comes after us. And who's the us? It's not the good people. It's not the church people. It's not the holy people. It's everybody. People that are willing to admit God's greater than they can imagine. We're far worse than we can imagine. But Christmas is bringing them together because that gift pays the debt that you and I can't pay so that God can be with us, not just today, but forever and ever. Father, we give you thanks for the message of Christmas. We thank you for this time of year when we enjoy family and enjoy friends and enjoy things that we have over and over and over again, the same movies, the same food, the same experiences, and yet, Lord, we live for those things and enjoy those things. But, Father, thanks for the real meaning of Christmas, not just the joy of the season and the happiness of the times, but for the message of Christmas Emmanuel, that, Lord, you the transcendent God, creator of all, pursued us and comes to us in Jesus, Emmanuel. And thanks, Jesus, for coming and doing what we couldn't do for ourselves, to pay the debt that we owed, so that we now can be with you forever and ever. We pray in Jesus' name. There's one more thing I want to say. God with us, that's what Emmanuel means. And here's what I want to say. It's not God with me. You know, a lot of people, a lot of church people, a lot of people running around, oh, it's God in me. No, no, no. It's Emmanuel, God with us. One another is important. We're really glad that you're all here. If you don't have a church home or you're trying to figure out where you may fit, we welcome you to come and be with us as we seek to pursue Emmanuel, God with us.